Okay, here we are, folks. Armin Show Podcast. You know it. You're the listeners. We have a guest on this episode. Who might this guest be? Uh, it's, it is I, Aladdin. Um, Kalia. It was Aladdin. <laughs> but actually, it is Kalia. It's Kalia of, uh, I don't know. Am I talking about my channel at all? Yes, this would be a great okay. thing. All right, Kalia of Vase Space channel on YouTube. <laughs> wow. We know Vase Space. I've mentioned it a few times on, on an episode here or there. How Ooh, you... cool. Yes. How would you describe your episode to people if you were introducing them to it? My channel? Mm-hmm. Um, Vase Space is a channel devoted to Myers-Briggs type indicator. Um, I think of it as a way of understanding people's unique perspective on the world. And it's kind of an interview format, but uh, I try to make it kind of like deep discussions with a lot of different perspectives. That makes sense. I have noticed the depth. This is a thing I key in on. I try to focus on seeing where the world shows depth of some form because we can go with width, but width isn't exciting because that's just quantity. You actually delve into things. Why do you delve into things? Hmm, why do I delve into things? Um, I guess to, to find the, the hidden meanings behind it, you know, to find those. Um, I kind of think of it like, um, I want to know what's, what's inherently human, kind of like a universal experience. Um, and to me, that's a very emotional, like connection is, is part of it. But, um, that's why I go deep is to find where we connect, but we might not think that we do. That's pretty neat. The last book I just did episodes on was called the elephant in the brain which is about hidden motives in everyday life, which mm. relates, talks about the subtext of what we do through like laughter or body language or the subtext of the educational system, looking at why we have what we have right now. Mm, yeah. So like how we're, how we're influenced in ways that we're unconscious of? Mm-hmm. Like why <laughs> laughter isn't really about like it was funny, but it's actually like, could be out of uh, releasing tension or uh, being gracious to the other person, like uh, seeming warm or representing a warm connection. And it's more of a social thing than just an automatic response. People don't usually laugh by themselves. Mm, yes. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And that interview is up, by the way. And then the, the last episode was about... The answers from the authors on that book. I recommend that book, by the way. Yeah. Awesome, cool. I love good, a good book recommendation. This is the segue, by the way. Books, okay? <laughs> I'm fond of them. You read them. You also have a book club in recent episodes. Yeah. Uh, so, can you let the listeners know about your book club? Um, yes, I recently started a book club with a couple of friends. Um, each member gets to choose a book. So every month we have a new book and I like that each member chooses one because it, you know, you might read something that you would never otherwise pick up. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's, there's a, a chat room for it, I guess you would say. Uh, so I like that it's virtual. People can have a book club with someone that lives, you know, in another country and we all exchange ideas through that form. This is a nice thing. 
and each person each person presents their own book mm -hmm. every month is a new book and based on the order that people entered the group is the order that they can choose the book this is quite cool now do these yeah. have to be are they likely to be fiction books in total um, there's no limit on that, at least not yet. Um, so far, we read one fiction book, and then this upcoming month is a nonfiction book. So, so far, there's a variety. So far, it's 50-50. <laughs> yeah, but I personally, I think I like to read more fiction books. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I'm I also am still a student, so I do read a lot of nonfiction based on what I'm studying. That makes sense. Before I ask you a question about a book, tell me a little bit about your studentship. <laughs> um, I got my bachelor's degree in English literature, uh, analyzing, doing a lot of little literary critiques, so not so much the creative writing part. People mm -hmm. sometimes think that's what it's about, but that's not what I did. Um, and also I studied psychology, and now I'm in graduate school for counseling, so I'm now a therapist. This is fabulous. <laughs> so I get my master's in May, so I'm almost done. That is quite soon. That's in three months. I know. Yeah. Wow. That is that's a blink of an eye, by the way. So that's neat. Hmm. Yeah, thank you. You know it. I what was the last nonfiction book you read out of choice outside of school? If you can recall it. Um so I I I want to see if this counts to you. <laughs> um, I read a book it called, no, uh, go oh gosh, what well, is the inequality of man? Is that what it's called? Mm. I mean, it sounds so like a inequality but... of man. Discourse on oh, discourse on inequality by uh, Rousseau. But I was wondering if it counts because the reason I read it was that my boyfriend and I decided that we would read each other's mm -hmm. um, favorite book or current favorite book so that's how i ended up reading it so i don't know if it's like it wasn't necessarily my choice <laughs> right but i did it that, <laughs> it wasn't for school i think that that is it sounds like nonfiction. it sounds like economics or yeah it was like people. yeah it was like an essay on um the origins of um humanity and like it was like a philosophical argument for man and his natural state that's kind of yeah. cool. I'm actually going to look that up later. And that's not <laughs> fiction. And that's I think you would like it. Yeah, yeah. What is the book that you had him read? He's currently reading it. My favorite book in the world. Favorite book called... in the world. Yeah, I read it um, upwards of a dozen times. Dang. It's called um, The Sirens of Titan by Kurt Vonnegut. Whoa. I just realized I've never read a book more than... Well, I don't know if I've read it. But yeah, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. Yeah, I tend to do that with things. I reread books. I watch the same movies. I listen to the same music over and over. I don't know why. <laughs> I just love it. You know, just to relate to that, Gary Vaynerchuk, the business guy, also, uh, he'll if he gets a song he likes, he'll play it for like four hours on an airplane as he goes from one mm -hmm. place to another. Same thing with other stuff. If it's good, it's good. Yeah, I do that too. Why move to the next thing if this thing has more depth that you can reach into? Yeah, totally. Uh, not my favorite book. It, it really um, aligns with my worldview. I mean, obviously, I guess that's kind of assumed. But <laughs> right. 
that's why I love it. So I like to read it at different points in my life um, to see, you know, how my perspective has changed with the book. I don't know. That's kind of cool. It's like a mirror, a time machine yeah. mirror. Yeah, definitely. What? That's pretty neat. Just to throw in a book that I liked, I read it at least maybe twice, but it was one of the books that I mentioned for many years to people, Richard Dawkins, The Selfish Gene. That's the book that I identified with for many uh, years. It's a nonfiction book. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've never read Dawkins. I know of him and I have seen him speak, but um, did, he wrote, did he write The God Delusion too? Yeah. Yeah, I want to read that one as well. Makes sense. That is a pop. He's written some super... He's he's super popular. The guy is super popular. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. I have to write these recommendations down. They are going to go live. Maybe this will be on Bill Gates' blog. He's putting the books that were... He reads... Every time he reads a book, it gets more out there. So maybe it reverses this time and our stuff goes on his thing. Maybe. Whose blog did you say that was? Bill Gates. Bill G. Oh, Bill G. yes. BG. Bill's picks, of course. Mm-hmm. This is some good stuff. Now, switching over. No more books. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. What is or what are some goals you have for 2018? What? Now, obviously, <laughs> these connect to what we've talked about. They're not going to be like... The way I ask some questions sometimes, it makes it seem like out of nowhere, you're going to be like, well, I'm going to you know, create an island in the Dominican Republic. That, you know, But what are some goals you have for 2018 separate from May... Like, right. and potentially for your YouTube content. Right. Okay. So one goal that I actually made that I feel like is measurable, which I don't usually set very measurable goals, um, mm -hmm. is to read at least one book a month this year. Uh, but another goal that I have, it's kind of related to MBTI stuff. So I mm -hmm. don't know if it's, it'll be, might be too specific. Um, but I'm trying, I want to, um, bolster and build up and learn how to use introverted feeling more so that I want to become more authentic and genuine and know what that means for me. I find that I'm very good at understanding the emotions of others. Uh -huh. But if you were to ask me in a given moment what I feel in that moment, I think I'm disconnected from that and I want to get better at it. Huh. You want to improve your FI? Yes. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard a person mention that. <laughs> That's kind of cool. So yes, because there is something to that. Because whereas FI is not very outwardly natured, it does have like a sense of me. What am I feeling? What do I want right now? Do I like this? Do I want to be here? Yeah. Yeah. And I find that as I become more embedded in my career as a counselor, mm -hmm. my um, extroverted feeling, my ability to empathize with others it's it's heightened and it's validated and reinforced and then i kind of i will lose track of myself more so that's why i'm trying to focus on and i've seen i've started to become closer to um infps i guess mm -hmm. and so i've also through them um seen their superpower you know introverted feelings so i'm trying to get better at it right that makes sense i know some infps as well and they dominate that realm of it's my stuff, what mm -hmm. what this means to me, that side of the equation. Yeah. Uh, which can also be shared by maybe your companion, which has some of that. 
Yes. Um, yeah, I looked to him a lot time. for that. Even to just explain to me how it works. It's funny how much I'm not. <laughs> uh, I was having a conversation with an ENFP, and um, this is kind of what sparked all of this. Mm-hmm. They asked me, are you being genuine in this moment, or do you feel somewhat forced? And I, I said, I have absolutely no idea. You would have to ask me the next time we meet, and I would have to reflect on it. I could not tell you in this moment if I'm being genuine. And they thought that was completely baffling. They they were able to say, oh, I'm not being 100% genuine. You know, I uh, just couldn't pick up on it. That's true. I would have a similar response as you. Like the next day, I'd see it pretty clearly. Right. How it was. But at the time, I'd be like, uh, you know, you tell me. You know, you tell me what's happening. Exactly, yeah. And I feel like I could tell, I in talking with this ENFP, I could see them, maybe they're being, they feel somewhat insecure, they're not being fully genuine. I can pick that up, but when you ask right. about me, I don't know. Right. Outward sense versus inward sense. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's a lot of times, I want to bring that up, a lot of times where the next day, two days later, I had this like, it was obvious what was occurring or this was the happening, oh, I missed this, I didn't see this. At the time... It was right there. I have no clue, you know? Yes, I relate to that completely. And sometimes it'll take like a whole year. <laughs> and then I look back at a phase of my life and I realize, whoa, that was, that might have been a depression or right. some, even something good, you know? Right. What was that? What did that person mean? What was I representing to other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I guess you're right. FI doesn't have that issue. They're just right there. So... Yeah. For themselves, they just, they don't have that, but then they'll have stuff with, for other people, like, I didn't get with that person. Right, uh, right, right. Huh, I didn't think about it that way, it's a good point. They're, everybody has superpowers, right? This is a way to look at things. That's how, I, yeah, I kind of, lately I've been calling them superpowers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's a hard thing to build up. Um, and I, I think of it as, you know, trying to be more mindful. Mm-hmm. But whenever I experience mindfulness, my way of doing that is, like, oh, notice something new on your way to work that you've never noticed before or, mm-hmm. you know, feel your feet on the ground. It's very sensory-oriented. Um, it's not very, like, your what is your internal state right now? Right. Like, I don't feel your emotion in your body. Where is it? I, I'd never do that. It's sort of like people with FI, like, you know how left brain and right brain has the corpus callosum in the middle linking them? They mm-hmm. have whatever we'll call that link between themselves and their present feel and we might not have that link but we might have the link to ourselves and our uh what we see outwardly that we've right yeah others are feeling right huh there's just a missing link or a different link yeah what this is uh actually the last book i read one of the authors was an entp and the other one might be also and that's why me as a ENTP was like, it was a very smooth read. I just flowed right through the book because they talked like me. I almost couldn't come up with questions at first for the interview. Usually I do interview questions with the authors afterwards. Yeah. And they were so similar. I was like, you answered all my questions. So <laughs> I went and checked their stuff and found stuff. But that never happened before because usually it's a different type. And so I actually have like questions. But if it's the same person, you're like, you know, they know. Yeah, they're, they're speaking your language. Yeah. So that was more challenging, but still good. They were nice, nice people. Hmm. 
uh, yeah, I read like a book a month or some variation of that. Do you take notes on books that you read? Um, I'm an underliner for sure. Uh, I don't tend to write too much in the margins. Mm. Margins, <laughs> margarine. The um, margarine. You do not write yeah. <laughs> But I definitely, I like to underline, I like to have a pen with me and to underline the things that I find profound. That makes sense. Yeah. And then you discuss with, do you ever discuss them with people, the books? I do. I do. Yeah. I like to open it up and I like to speak out the underlined part and start a discussion from that. This will be my finale question here. And in society right now, which category of people do you most identify with? If so. Mm. And I just came up with that one. It wasn't even on the list of topics I had in mind. Dang. Oh, goodness. Out of nowhere. What a I'm gonna... That's good stuff. I'm gonna... Or do you identify with any groups uh, or types of thinking? Like, for example, one of the authors of my last book, he said he was about pan-critical rationalism, which was, like, rational thought that's open to criticism, which is a very specific category. I've recently... Okay, I don't even know where to go with this. I feel like I could go in different directions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I... But I'm just trying to find the one true answer, and Mm -hmm. it's... For me, that kind of processing takes a long time. Right. But um, that makes sense. I recently there's a phrase that I really like that I found that link. This isn't a group of people though. Dang, I don't know. Is it a type of thinking that it represents? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one right there. Okay. Um. So it's related to my favorite author I was talking about, Kurt Vonnegut. Kurt Vonnegut. And it it was a I was reading an article about his style and someone described this and this is a jumble of words that have to be unpacked but bear with me okay so it was dreamily humanist nihilism i just want to point out i have some inside information from seeing a recent episode i know the words but at the same time how would you describe dreamily humanist nihilism (laughs) I'm glad that you have that context. I got that context. Okay, so nihilistic, and I want to put a little caveat that my boyfriend told me, he he studied philosophy. He told me when I say nihilistic, I mean absurdist. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. People out there might know. Right. Or existentialist. Nihilist is more like it doesn't mean much. Absurdist is like it looks, I guess, comical in nature. Sure. Which it does, by the way, but... It's basically like inherent, um, inherently, I don't think that there's, I think there's no inherent meaning to the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of the foundation. So it's a very existentialist look at the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you have to create your own meaning. And to me, that has to do a lot with connecting with people and trying to really see someone and finding your place and all that, creating your own meaning. Um, but I think that at the start of that, if you tell someone, you know, the world is inherently meaningless and um, in the grand... You lose a lot of people. Yeah, you lose a lot of people. <laughs> Me, like, I'm such a hopeful, optimistic person. I feel like it's kind of a, 
seems like a big contradiction, but mm-hmm. lately that's kind of where I feel like I fall. Dang, there's some dark undertones there. Kidding, okay? That makes <laughs> sense. That's like the there's not much, but then if you build up a storyline to the world, then you go with that. Yeah. You can have a positive view in relation to that. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, I just want to add in this one relation. The universe is sort of like blockchain because everything, it connects to the past. We can't undo elements of the past. We can only work with what we have. Same thing as like the blockchain and Bitcoin and whatnot. You have a record of every transaction, but you can't go backwards in transactions. You just know they existed and you have to work with whatever the market is at right now. Yeah. Wow, that's a nice analogy. I feel like that really, I can see how that fits in with your mindset of your worldview mm-hmm. like that analogy to even bitcoin like right. i find that's an interesting way to put it i used to see it a little differently but this thing uh, you know cemented in my mind because you can't undo the elements that led to the current moment even right. if they seem like it's off or you like it would have been a certain way but you take the current moment and what is available at that moment and if you were actually for bitcoin then you'd should i buy right now should i, should I sell in 20 minutes Kind of like that, right? They match. That's a good. I find stuff. that I find that I agree with the in, in the general of what you're saying. I feel like I agree that I don't. Um, I don't. I find I'm not the kind of person that dwells on the past because it's already done. Like I don't know. I don't. Right. It's not an area I want to sit in. I want to sit. Well, I am sitting in the future, but I want to sit more in the present. <laughs> you're sitting. At, you're a postmodernist. <laughs> Post postmodern. Post wow. Okay. What's happening after the driving cars that are already driving themselves and we have pickup from machines? What's the next thing? Oh, I don't know. I guess teleportation, right? Good point. Dan, you had that on lock. Futurist in the building. Who would have thought? <laughs> Kidding. I would have thought, okay. That's some nifty stuff. Here's what I'll do. So we're gonna close out the episode there. Do you wanna give shout outs to any people? Um I want to thank you for having me on on this podcast, but I also want to shout out to Gary. Shout out to Gary. Because I haven't talked to him since I was in L.A., and I think he's just an awesome person, and I think that your friendship is adorable, and I hope that it's a lifetime friendship. I think that it is. You know what? I want to point out, first of all, that's wonderful. Gary from episode, I think, eight. Uh, No, eight, that's Casper. Three. He's on episode three. He was my first guest. Uh, oh. and he's performing February 22nd shout outs to Gary he's going to be performing music for people so that's good stuff and that makes sense what you're saying yes we do have a linkage of sorts some would say I will let him know actually he'll probably he gonna listen okay we have listeners <laughs> across, across the county that's nifty glad to have you on there and thanks for that by the way and those are the main thoughts that I have glad to have had you on this episode of the show Awesome. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You know it. And we are out.